The scripture reading today is John 14, 1 through 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. morning to all special love to the Kumar family. You are with your family. Um, let's pray together and invite God to speak to us today. The song we sang a few moments ago expresses our need. We need you to speak to us from your word. And we thank you that you delight to do that. So we await your word, your truth, your gospel, and we do so with open hearts. Amen. So for the last few weeks, we've been studying uh, what are sometimes called the I am sayings of Jesus in the gospel of John. And these are those places in John where Jesus says things like, I am the good shepherd, I am the door, I am the light of the world, and in today's passage, Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. Or to, to shorten it, he says, I am the way. <clears throat> to explore that saying with you today, what I'd like to do is I want to focus on just two little words in that statement. Um, I want to look first at the word the. Jesus says, I am the way. And then I'd like to focus on the word I. Jesus says, I am the way. That, that, that word the makes the gospel very exclusive. And the word I makes it accessible to all. The first, the, uh, the context, in John chapter 14, Jesus and his disciples were meeting in a borrowed room in the city of Jerusalem. They had gathered there for their final Passover meal together the evening before the day on which Jesus was to die. So this took place at the Last Supper. Jesus had just informed them that he would be betrayed by one of his followers. They realize that their Lord will soon be taken away from them. Their hearts are overwhelmed with sorrow at the thought of this loss, losing their best friend, their master, Jesus. And so Jesus immediately comforts their hearts. You hear the words of comfort. He comforts them by assuring them that he is going to his father's house to prepare a place for them. He, he says he will be preparing a place for them in heaven. Now, they're a little bit confused about how to get to this place, how to get to the father's house house what is the way 
to heaven. And so Jesus says, I am the way. And notice he uses the word the. He doesn't say, I am a way. There are many roads that lead to heaven, and I just happen to represent one of them. He doesn't say that. He doesn't even say, I am the best way. Other religions can lead one to salvation, but you know, not nearly as easily as I can. I'm the best of these ways. No, he, he says, I am the way. I am, I am the one and only path to eternal life in the presence of God. I, he says, I am the only way to the Father. And in case they, they missed what he was getting at, he, he clarifies it. End of verse 6, he says this, No one comes to the Father except through me. Those are hard words to, to read, aren't they? Uh, you know, before we just kind of reject this statement as being horribly intolerant and bigoted, I, I think it's, at, it's important for us to at least understand what Jesus meant when he said this and what he didn't mean when he said it. So Jesus here is not saying, I am the only way to moral improvement. The only good people in the world, world are Christians because they're, they're the only ones that become decent human beings. That's not, that, that's not what he's saying. Listen, many, many followers of non-Christian religious systems, many people who have no religion at all are decent, moral, noble, honest, kind-hearted human beings. In fact, I've met many non-Christians. Have you? I've met many non-Christians who are better people than you know, there's some of us who follow, follow Christ. So Jesus is not saying, I am the only way to moral improvement. He's also not saying, I am the only way to inner peace. If you don't have me, you won't have peace. He, he's not saying, listen, there are many ways to experience a kind of inner tranquility that may not involve following Christ. 12-step programs, psychotherapy, certain meditative disciplines, they, they can give people a, a kind of emotional stability and an inner sense of joy. Jesus is not saying, I'm the only way to inner peace. Well, what's he saying? He is saying, I'm the only way to the Father. I am the only way to be accepted into, into the Father's house, to be, ex to be accepted into the eternal presence of God. And to understand why someone as loving and compassionate as Jesus would make a, a, a statement as restrictive as this, we need to understand what it is that separates people from God. What is it that separates us from God? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that in the beginning, in the beginning, we were not separated from God. The very first human beings, they enjoyed a, a close intimate relationship with their creator. Genesis chapter 3 tells us that God would come and walk through the Garden of Eden and converse with Adam and, and, and Eve. They just, they lived in the presence of God without any fear. But then, do you know this story? Then our first parents, oh man, isn't this so sad they did this? They rebelled against this loving creator. They rejected his authority. And ever since then, Sin and guilt and alienation from, from God has infected our entire race, all of us. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts, even our good deeds, are like filthy rags. 
We're all guilty and condemned and corrupt and sinful before God. So you see, this is what separates us from God. It's, it's our sin. It's the guilt and corruption of sin. And the problem is this, that we can't fix this problem. I mean, no, no amount of moral improvement, no amount of religious activity, no amount of spiritual meditation could, could ever, could ever um, remove that which separates us from God. It's as if there's this huge chasm between all of humanity and a holy, perfectly righteous creator. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. And, and, there's, and there's nothing we can really do about that. I mean, even if I could somehow, if I could somehow fix myself so that I never, ever sin again the rest of my life, not even an evil thought, that still would not make up for all the sins I've committed in the past. They'd still be there, right? So like the rest of humanity, I stand Guilty before a holy God, deserving his righteous punishment. But you know what the good news is? The good news that God, in this inexplicable, amazing love for us, in, in, in God, in the person of his son, he came into this world, and without ceasing to be God, he became a human being. Why did he do this? He did this so that on the cross, as a human, God himself could take the punishment that, that we deserve. And, and now, listen, anyone and everyone who comes to Christ and trusts in him, you know what they find? They find that their guilt is gone. Amen? Their sins are forgiven. The punishment they once deserved, it's no longer there. Why? Because Jesus took it for them. The prophet Isaiah predicted what this would be like. In Isaiah 53, he said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we're healed. So you know what that means? You come to Christ, you trust in him, everything that once separated you from God, it's gone. You can look for it, it's not there anymore. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's gone. So it's like there's this huge chasm, and Jesus lays down his life across that chasm as the bridge that takes us into the Father's presence. So when Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the only way to the Father's house. He's not saying this just so he can be mean to people from other religious backgrounds or just so he can be intolerant or bigoted. No, you, you know what? He says, he, the reason he says he's the only way to God is because he really is the only way to God. See, the, the, the only way the door to heaven could ever be opened for us would, would be for the guilt of our sin to be removed. And the only way the guilt of our sin could ever be removed would be for God himself to come and make atonement for it on the cross. And isn't it good news? That's what Jesus did. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. So this is why Jesus says he's the way. Not to be narrow-minded. It's like if somebody says to you, there's only one way to drive a car to Roosevelt Island. They're not 
being intolerant. There really is only one bridge to Roosevelt Island. I mean, that's it's just true. But that little definite article, the, it does make the gospel seem very exclusive, right? But the word I makes the gospel radically inclusive. Jesus said, I, I am the way. You see, the way to God, it's not a religion that you practice. The way to God is not a program that you follow. The way to God is, 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 is not a, a rules that you obey. No, the way to God is a person. The way to God is Jesus. So to be welcomed into the Father's house, what do you need? You just need this person. You just need to come to Christ. In fact, in verse 7, Jesus says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. No doubt about it. You've got me, you've got heaven. That's what Jesus says. And you know what? He says this, he makes this promise to anyone and everyone who will come to him. That's why this is so inclusive. You see, the, all right, the common, the common thought in our culture today is that um, all roads lead to God as long as what? As long as you're a good person. And that sounds very warm, it sounds very accepting, sounds very tolerant until you stop and you ask yourself, how good do I have to be? What if I'm not a good person? And if you're not hopelessly self-deluded, you realize that you're not always good, are you? You see, here's what's so different about what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, yes, I just need to be honest with you. I am the only one who could connect you with the Father. I am, in the, I am the only way to eternal life. But, but, but I want you to understand, I will give this life freely to anyone who wants it. No one's left out. You see, that's the offer of Christ. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how um, you've failed, doesn't matter how you've sinned, doesn't matter how weak you are still, doesn't matter how far you feel from God, it doesn't matter what religious tradition you come from. Jesus says, you know, he, we saw this a few weeks ago. Here's what he said, John 6, verse 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Whoever. Now, here's what's interesting. Today, um, Many people find the message of Christ offensive because it sounds so exclusive. Isn't, isn't it amazing? When Jesus was actually here on the, on the earth walking around, what bothered people about him was he was so inclusive. It's like he included everyone, the poor, the disabled, the, the social outcasts, the sexual outsiders. It was like everyone. Jesus said, come on, come to me. And this really bothered certain people. I mean, they're like, you know, why is, why is he eating with those sinners? Why is he talking to that prostitute? Why is he touching? He's touching that leper. You know, you know, so I wonder if, if some of our concerns today about the exclusivity of the gospel, I wonder if they would just disappear if we could just see how welcoming Jesus is and was. And so this is why, um, yes, this statement, I am the way, it's a very exclusive statement. Jesus is not, he's not, he's not afraid to tell us the truth. I am the way, he says. But it's also the most radically inclusive statement you could ever, ever find. You see, if, um, 
if the way to heaven were a philosophy that we need to study, then only the intelligent and the, and the educated would be included, right? Or if, if, if the way to heaven were, were a set of spiritual practices that we need to follow, then only the really self-disciplined would get in. Or if, if, if the way to heaven were a list of rules that we need to obey, then, then you know, only the, the morally upright or those who, who grew up in the certain kinds of family, they'd be the only ones to live forever. But listen, guys, isn't this good news? The way to heaven is a person. And he is the most compassionate, welcoming, forgiving, merciful person who ever walked this planet. The way to heaven is Jesus. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus, ready, stands to save you, full of pity, joined with power. He is able, he is able, he is willing, doubt no more. Come ye weary, heavy laden, bruised and broken by the fall. If you wait until you're better, you will never come at all. Not the righteous, not the righteous. Sinners, Jesus came to call. So the way to heaven is, is Jesus. He laid, down, he laid down his life so that we could have life. And so, that, you know, that leads, I guess, to a couple of questions. First, have you received that life? Isn't it a wonderful thought to know that to receive eternal life from Jesus, God does not require a perfect track record or a lifetime of Christian service. He just requires what? Simple faith. Just receiving it. Have you received it? It's, if you haven't, it, in, a, in a certain sense, through me, Jesus is right now offering it to you. And here it is for you. Just receive. Say yes. And for those of us who know him, you know, this does drive home. Man, haven't we been entrusted with an important message? The other day I was just realizing, man, it's been a while since I just, outside of my role as a pastor, just talked to somebody about Jesus. I started praying, God, give me a chance today to do that. What wonderful news we have to share with the world. It can change someone's eternity because we know him, don't we? The way, the truth, the life, our Jesus. Let's pray together. Thank you so much, God. You didn't have to save us. Jesus, you did not have to come and die. But you did this lovingly, willingly, so that anyone and everyone who comes to you will live forever in the Father's house. We thank you. Amen.